It's me, Valentina. No, I'm joking. It's me, Lynn's from Miss to Worldwide with two Zs or two Zs, depending on where you are in the world. How are you guys today? How are you? You know what today is. It's Valentine's Day. Oh, I mean, listen, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Uh, Just tell someone, tell someone, preferably that you know, that you love them. You know, your goldfish, your best friend's dad you secretly had a crush on for many, many years. No, I'm joking. Please don't do that. Uh, yeah, just just tell someone that you love them. I'm sure it will mean a lot to them. So anyway, I was in hospital earlier this week, and uh, sorry, that was not a good segue. <laughs> okay, um, but anyway, I'm feeling better now, so I have had a good Valentine's Day. There we go. I managed to link it back. Yeah, I had pizza, and I'm watching Vikings. So, all is good. Pizza, Vikings, and Jurassic Park. That is all you need. Sorry, Jurassic World, not Jurassic Park. Anyway, today's episode is not about Valentine's Day, or, sadly, about Jurassic Park or Jurassic World. Today's episode, we're going to be hearing from a friend of mine called Shane, who is a journalist in Anchorage. And she is going to be talking about being Asian-American, particularly in the field of journalism. Shane and I, we met in Beijing, and I thought she was fantastic, and we've kept in contact ever since, mainly through Instagram memes a lot of the time, or just commenting, but nevertheless, she's very cool. (laughs) And yeah, but as I said, now she is in the land of the moose, the mooses, the moose-i, the the moose, Mooses is the plural of moose, I think. I'm going to go with that. And she actually has her own podcast, which I highly recommend checking out, called Spearheaders. S-P-R-H-D-R-S. Or basically Spearheaders, but without all the vowels. And it's to do with biopoc in media. So she posts jobs, scholarships, fellowships, internships, and inspiration for biopoc in media. So if you're interested in that, I highly, highly recommend giving her a like, a follow, and listening to it, because it's very good. And before we get into it, the longer I do this, I say it like I've done it a long time, the whole two weeks I've done this, um, I've noticed, I didn't realise how much I say, you know, you know, you know, mm mm-mm, and that's the other, mm, mm mm-hmm, mm, yeah, mm, mm mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to acknowledge that I am actually listening. (laughs) So I'm so sorry for being annoying. Um, But yeah, just to make your Valentine's Day interesting, take a shot. Take a shot of wine or whatever your beverage of choice is uh, to make it a bit more interesting. Uh, If you're teetotal, take a chocolate. If you're gluten-free, then I'm sorry. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure there's an ice cube or I don't know something i'm sure there's something i'm joking but yeah without further ado let's jump into it so let's start off you picked your topic topic as um being an asian american woman in journalism would that Mm -hmm. be today 
And so why did you want to pick this topic to talk about? Well, I just feel like we don't we don't occupy a lot of spaces mm-hmm. in media, right? In journalism, women um, in general too, um, but it's even more so when you're a black, indigenous, or people of color, right? We're we're not this space isn't made for us um, traditionally, and um, there's actually there are statistics that say that you know journalism, the media industry. Um, it's much more likely to be white um, than any other industry in all of America, which isn't representative of the people we serve, right? Um, And so I think, especially in recent years, there's been this movement to kind of shift reporting to be less white-focused and white-centered. And the white heroism that um, we've read for so long, um, not just in journalism, but just in our history books and everything mm. that we learn in the education system. Um, so I think uh, you see a lot of like these new alt publications, right, that cater to um, everything from hyper local uh, journalism to people who just want to see their community represented and spoken about by people from their community right like not just people who are mm-hmm. coming in and because they feel like there's a story to be told there that could probably get them you know recognition or some awards because they s- decided to speak about whatever it is um yeah like they so have a vested interest yeah yeah mm. um and you know that's really harmful especially for mm-hmm. communities that deal with so much generational trauma and um you know people capitalizing on them um for gain and so um yeah that's that's the reason why yeah no i think you brought up some points that i can imagine definitely to be true and something i want to clarify sorry if this sounds really stupid uh i am aware this sounds really stupid when you say um asian american what does that mean because i don't know if you know in other countries for example like in the uk um we call asian like british or whatever people it it sounds stupid but like of like asian descent or like the diaspora from any part um but i've noticed um in america it seems to be what we would call southeast asian Mm -hmm. is that is that something that's changing or I don't know. Is um, that just a UK thing? I don't know. I, I mean, um, it's definitely the um, American um, way of sort of identifying people who are East and Southeast Asian descent of that right. diaspora. Um, mm. And then, which, you know, Asian American itself, people, some people have issues with that term because they don't feel that it's inclusive um, mm. to everybody. And I, I felt that way for a really long time, just being um, closer to being Southeast Asian and being Filipino and coming from the Philippines. Um, but then, mm-hmm. you know, within that sort of having um, that exposure to um, East Asian um, culture just through the Filipino diaspora because of having family who are in, um, who are part of, you know, Chinese and um, South. Korean sort of diaspora as well. Um, mm. 
so I struggled with it for a really long time. I didn't even want to call myself Asian American um, for a while because I I realized, you know, it wasn't inclusive. I mean, there's this whole movement that brown Asians exist, right? Like there are brown Yeah, yeah, no, of course. um, In the Asian diaspora. And I think now we're kind of, I mean, at least from my perspective, and there's still lots of work to do in that space. um, I feel much more comfortable with saying I'm Asian American just because I've connected with more people, um, whether they're East, Southeast or South Asian. Um, A lot of our experiences are the same. I'm not saying Mm -hmm. that they're all include, like I'm not saying that they're 100%, but there is a common thread that we all face. And a lot of it um, is this sort of identity crisis that we have right Mm. like we don't Asian American is such an umbrella term right like how do you yeah 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 it's yeah but I'm I'm much more comfortable saying Asian American now um I think Filipino American to be um even more specific because there are experiences there that um are not necessarily seen in other parts of the Asian American uh diaspora Mm. but um I don't know I feel like it's not it's not enough to to say that I'm Filipino American, um, though that's who that's how I identify um, most. Yeah, no, no, it's just one of those things I was I was just thinking about earlier because, yeah, I remember. Um, oh, what's his name? Uh, oh gosh, he's an actor, Riz Riz Ahmed. No, um, he's well in the UK. He's a famous actor, and he's been in like. Uh, Star Wars movies and whatever and uh, he was saying that he found it strange when he's he's like of a Pakistani origin uh, his family etc and he said he found it weird in America when they were like what do you mean you're Asian like and he was like well yeah my family's from Pakistan and yeah so it was just one of those things earlier when you um, told me your topic I was like oh Mm -hmm. actually I wonder I wonder and you talk about yeah. those experiences. What have you, if you don't mind, obviously, saying, are there any personal experiences that you have had where you thought, actually, I am othered or perhaps yeah. seen as different, especially oh, in the field of yeah. work that you work in? Yeah, um, I mean, I've always felt like an other, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so having migrated here to the States, having settled here, um, I, I was always sort of apart from my peers, mm-hmm. um, especially if they were second generation Filipinos or Asians, right? Because they their their parents were the ones who went through what I was going through in school, and so they were trying to reconcile their parents' experiences while also having a friend who had the same experiences. So it was always weird. Like I always connected with uh, my friends parents more than I did with my friends growing up um, just because you do have that um, common experience of coming to a place where they think differently of you Um, I remember one of my um, I guess an experience that stands out most to me is um, when I moved here they automatically just placed me in um, uh, English as a second language classes, right? Um, and, you know, I 
I've grown up to be multilingual and I um it there I don't remember a time that I ever did not speak English mm. um it, it was just you know it wasn't my first language but it was definitely one of the first and it was something that I was really comfortable in speaking in I just had an accent um strange accent to some people I guess um and then so they decided oh she needs to learn how to speak like an american um oh no <laughs> so that was something that was something that i i think looking back i just i can't believe that that's something that people automatically assumed of me um and then of course like a year later i had written a note to um my first grade teacher and had told him that he was not teaching me anything new because i had already known how to read um and so they decided okay well maybe she doesn't need these extra english classes because um, oh my god that's so evidently she can express herself right so, oh my gosh yeah so that's that's one of those experiences and i've also this is i think one of the more terrifying experiences i've ever had was um i was at a mall um i was going into an elevator um and it was just like really random somebody i just said they just asked me like out of the blue where are you from what and you know yeah and then by then um by then you know i'd been in america for over 20 years and i'd um sort of I I I wasn't 100% separated from, you know, being from the Philippines, but you know, at that point I'm like I am an American, right? <laughs> um because it's 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 where all of my formative years were and mm-hmm. it's how I identified at that point. Um and so I was like, well, I'm from here. I'm from Anchorage, Alaska, and um excuse my language, but she looked at me and said, "Bullshit. Like that's not <laughs> you are not from here." <laughs> Um, so, wow, that's so. Yeah, at that point, I was like, okay, so this still happens. <laughs> yeah, wow, that's. Yeah. Oh my this god. Happens. Also, in that particular case, I don't know, like, why I was like, what? Because actually, I-, I can imagine it. I can, but also the audacity of that woman. Like, also, if you had said yes or no, irrespective, where was that conversation going? What? What did, what did you want to do with that information? <laughs> you know, like what? I don't know. Yes, I am. Yeah, no, I'm not. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like wow. I don't know. Like go home and tell your husband that you saw an Asian girl that wasn't from there. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that... breaking news, breaking news like <laughs> where I don't I, I just honestly I'm concerned sometimes. I really am. I thought you mentioned uh, earlier today, or I can't remember when you did, was you wanted to me to ask you about what it's like just working in generally one of America's most hated industries. Uh, <laughs> I must say, it did make me laugh when I heard about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's definitely um, and fake news. I don't know. <laughs> yes, the media, right? Oh, like it's an umbrella term for all journalists um do, do, is there like a kind of uh, uplift now um now that um well i mean it really started something didn't it the whole hashtag #fake news but do you yeah. feel a little bit more hopeful now that biden is in office i don't know 
Um, and I don't, I mean, there is, I don't know if we're, you know, even still doom scrolling <laughs> or what we're doing. Um, I, th- I, I know that there, you know, is this, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. It's, it's not so much having people agree, right? You're never going to have people agree. Um, you're always going to have people um, on both sides of the aisle and um, there, you know, there's always going to be a need for objectivity in reporting and to present both sides. But it's a matter now of having people um, agree on facts, right? Mm. It's not so much having people agree on their ideals and their morals because that's going to be different for everybody but just having people get to a point where they can have real genuine discourse on what the facts are is something that I I feel um, we have we're not anywhere close to yeah alternative Um, facts as they say (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it's um it's, it's a difficult space to be in um, because it requires you so much to listen to people who may or may not 100% believe you, right? Like they, mm. it, it, it's trying to require people to trust you when they are just so set in thinking that you are the enemy when really you're trying to help Um, and I think that's something that a lot of journalists struggle with a lot of people in this space struggle with Um, and we're taught so much to be objective right and to have to not be so expressive about our opinions Mm. but I think there's well there's mm, this yeah I'm skeptical about that but yeah go on (laughs) yeah yeah well there's this shift now where um people I think are requiring uh, journalists now to be more expressive about their thoughts and they'll trust them more if they know what they think about a story Um, and so I I struggle with that because I never want to feel like I'm alienating people Um, if they do see that they disagree with me I I don't know I feel like I feel like I just want to always have that door open to anybody. Um, and so I, I, I shy away from sharing how I feel about um, what's going on, at least locally, um, just because I don't want to alienate people. I don't know. It's a very, it's, it's hard for me to kind of express it um, and kind of walk through it because it's, it's just every day feels different like some Mm. days i'm like okay um this you know they're racism is bad right like (laughs) no there's no there's no being neutral on that there are just some things that you have to say you're Mm. like you have to express um because morally i will never ever ever like stand on the side of anybody who's racist right yeah just because my lived experiences, my experiences have have taught me like racism is bad. It's a bad thing. It's a systemic thing. Um, 
but also like there are some instances where you know at least I I keep all of my political views anything that um anything that is polarizing I just I try to be neutral about and look at it objectively and try to be empathetic toward people on both sides of the conversation because they're you know when you talk to people you ca- you start to understand why they think certain ways yeah you start mm. to be more empathetic of why right you know, maybe this is why they formulated um these beliefs that they have mm. and i'm all about like learning how people got there um mm. so and i, I never want to judge people for that because i would be terrified horrified if people um hear me out about what I think about things and just call me a bad person like that's not I don't I don't think that that feels good for anybody right like mm-hmm. just having people hate you because of what you believe in yeah oh gosh I think I think again you bring up some really good points and trying to be empathetic to people that you're just so so you know against in so many ways is really hard but it's really crucial to make uh for being a good journalist but the other problem i think a lot of the time is i this is my own personal view i swear people follow um, media that tells them what they want to hear mm-hmm. so they like actively avoid listening to mm-hmm. a certain type of media outlet or whatever because no that isn't what i want to hear so mm-hmm. If they're just going to listen to, you know, only I try, I actually do actively try to um, listen to people um, and news outlets that I completely disagree with, just because I want to understand, as you said, where they're coming from and try to have some kind of empathy. So I thought I would uh, spare all you lovely beings of having to listen to me ramble on about absolute crap. (laughs) Um, I'm not nearly enough qualified to give an opinion, I think, on the analysis of the American media, but basically, long story short, I thought it was shit. Um, So instead, we're gonna go straight into listening to Shane talking about why she got into this line of work, um, her interest in it, etc. And part of it, I think, you know, is just having a pathway. Yes. Or like mm-hmm. just a path for people who aren't, you know, who are who are people of color to even think about becoming journalists or think about um, taking up space in media, whatever that is, whether it's creative, performative, performing, or whatever. Um, and so I began, it was, I finished, I just finished grad school. Mm-hmm. So I'm like done, done with education Yay. for now. Um, bring, yeah. bring on and the so debt. In... Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, sorry. Wait, sorry. I'm a bit. Happens here. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, but yeah, uh, in, um, my research in graduate school, I, we were sort of asked to um, create a media brand or create something that would help build the media landscape of 2050 or the media landscape of tomorrow. 
So Ooh, I automatically thought, okay, well, we need something now, especially with all of the protests that were happening last year and everything that, mm-hmm. you know, just sort of like this culmination of just people being sick of other people telling their stories. Um, I thought, well, maybe the reason why we don't have a lot of black journalists or indigenous or people of color, Asian Americans and Latinos in media is because we're not we're not building I'm curious is it ads for them. Yeah, I'm I'm curious. Is it even like a consideration as like a viable no. Yeah, I imagine like it can yeah. even to just imagine oh I want to be one it's yeah it's it's not because you know being a first generation Asian American like you're taught that you go to school right you you go to school for something that will make money right Mm. I grew up with parents who um not necessarily had careers but they had they had jobs and so they they worked they worked no they lived to work but they didn't work to live right like they none of their none of their jobs were anything that was fulfilling a passion for them right because mm. passion doesn't pay the bills yeah and when you're when you're taught that and when you see that and when that's your example you're, you're you kind of gravitate toward uh careers that are lucrative or that are supposed to get you and your community to a higher level or whatever like there is this extra burden for you to not pursue anything that um a job's a job it's not for fun yeah yeah that that'll just you know i feel like when asian americans specifically when we pursue anything that is leaning towards anything creative or the arts it's not really supported Mm -hmm. until you can prove that you are going to be successful in it um so yeah so that's why you know we're taught that we have to become doctors and lawyers um and mathematicians because that'll get you places right Mm -hmm. that'll bring up the, the community and that'll yeah um so I, I, I don't I don't think that it's even in people's frames of mind. Um, and then, you know, you, you think about other people with similar environments and, you know, I see it. Like I see that, you know, this isn't even something that you think about because it's not something that you see. Um, and so I think the more and more we expose youth and we expose people to what's possible, in in media um i think they'll they'll be motivated to take up that space because we really need them right yeah. like we can't rely on the same formula forever and there's something about having narrative control over your own story oh i like that yes. people's story yes. um that you just it's not something that comes to people right like the you are probably like like for you, you would be probably my source for everything British, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, you are yeah, the yeah. expert in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't, me as an Asian American, I can't tell the story of, you know, a first generation Latino immigrant family. No. Like that's, I will always inherently have that sort of bias as somebody who is of a different diaspora, right? Because mm-hmm. biases exist. 
yes um, of course and it's it's hard it's hard to overcome them too especially no matter how try, how much you try to be objective about um, how you approach telling other people's stories you're never going to capture what they can capture themselves um, mm-hmm. and so yeah and so that's a very long-winded answer to say that no, I it's started not- um, <laughs> this sort of collective um, it's called spearheaders um, took me a very long time to come up with that name and oh, it took a lot of heads um, uh, right now it's just on Instagram um, I saw I about, saw <laughs> yeah um, it's spearheaders without any of the vowels so it's S-P-R-H-D-R-S um, I've got uh, a couple of multimedia profiles of people um, who are black indigenous and people of color um, just talking about what they're doing in the media space um, just to expose people um, expose youth especially um for, to, to all of the different possibilities of um, having a journalism or communications uh, education. So, and I've got, um, I'm working on some final um, touches to a podcast. I just got to, yes, I just got to voice it. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, yeah, so that's, that's what I'm doing now. Um, and I think this year I'll I'll look at maybe partnering with some nonprofits and seeing how um, how I can help there. Because ultimately, um, when you know journalism is over for me and I've had enough of it, um, I do want to be sort of an educator. Because um, yeah. I realized too when I was going through my undergraduate, even in um, graduate school I had one one professor who was Asian no two professors two professors who were Asian so out of yeah yeah and I had no you know no other people of color um so yeah I think it's it's important to kind of um show the next generation that you know there is another five foot two <laughs> Asian person that's gone through the system and has has experienced in this industry um so yeah oh well that's what I'm working on this might be one of the most cringiest things I've ever said and I'm so sorry if it is but like what's really good from listening to what everything you said is like you're becoming your own hero you know you're becoming what you wanted when you were young so good for you yeah (laughs) no but that's no I I think that's fantastic um I definitely as an educator myself the things that you can say say I 100% agree with um books are so biased um the way it's taught just colonial it's just a joke to be honest it's a joke so um yeah that sounds so promising and uh i also love um i loved a a grafter and uh, someone that's you know plugging in on another person's podcast as well i like it (laughs) (laughs) but no you know i i like that i like that shane i have to say well anyway 
I'm not gonna lie, this this podcast I expect to be 15 minutes long, so I'm gonna do some editing. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. go but, ahead. No, 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 no. <laughs> but um, but thank you so much for your insight and uh, your opinions, and yeah, just I, I love to hear everything you have to say. Um, the people that told you that you have an accent are dumb because honestly. <laughs> I think you're so in, in not a patronizing for a Filipino person as anyone. Your English is so good. And like, I even me, I'm an English teacher and I panic to put two words together. Why am I doing a podcast? <laughs> I have no idea. For fun. But um, no, just it's just I find it astounding. Like the the nerve, the cheek of some people. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. Terrible. But um, I'm thinking of, believe it or not, putting this on. Uh, or releasing this podcast or whatever on because it's bi-weekly on Valentine's Day. So do you want to quickly share your Valentine's Day opinions? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I think you... (laughs) This is going to sound so um, cliche, but I think all of that starts with yourself, right? You cannot (laughs) love other people if you do not love yourself. So I think this Valentine's Day, especially with the year that we've had collectively as the world, yeah. <laughs> we really got to spend time with ourselves this year. And um, also, Galentine's yeah, Day, Galentine's Day, the day before. Yeah, Galentine's Gal- Day is a thing. Just, yeah. Yeah. The, um, just as important. <laughs> yeah, just as important to to reach out and just empower the women around you. Yes, um, for sure. But yeah, that's how I feel. I think I think this year should just be I mean, no matter what anybody's relationship status is, I think this year should just we need to focus on ourselves and make sure that yeah. we're 100%. I, I think so. I've come out the other end. I used to so I've gone through a cycle. It was oh yeah, Valentine's Day. Like my I, you know, as a romantic teenager, I was just like, oh when I have a boyfriend, I'm going to do this. And then I got to that, you know, it's just capitalism, any excuse to buy. And I feel like I've come through the other end where it's just like, you know what? Yes, it is an excuse to make money, but you don't have to. It's just a nice day to remind someone you love. Exactly. It's just, yeah, yeah, you don't have to buy any, but it's a nice, you know, nice to just remind someone, hey, whoever it is, friend, mom, dad, whatever, you know. Yeah. Everybody say love. You're doing great. Yeah. You're amazing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You're still here. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> yes, exactly. So yeah. thank you so much. Thank you. I hope to have yeah. you back. I'm I'm kind of like just dragging everyone back because I'm like, please. <laughs> so, anytime. Anytime. Thank you I so mean, much. I I'm not I'm not saying pay attention to American media, but if you do come across something, <laughs> yeah, feel free. Oh, yeah. I will. I will. And, uh, yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah, until next time. Thank you so much. Until next time. Bye.